All right, welcome back to another episode of the Rock and Roll Show. We got Florian back in here with us today. And then my guy, Charles, is pulling up. What's going on with you, man? I'm chilling. Good to be here. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Ready to talk all things draft Pelicans. Yes, yes. So we're going to be di- diving into a couple more of these draft prospects like Florian was talking about last week. Um, Charles has got a couple specific people that he wants to talk about today. So um, I think we'll just uh, dive right into it. Right, guys? Yeah, we're going to get into this shit, and uh, Charles going to let y'all know exactly how um, his lineup going to work in our lineup, um, <laughs> should, should any of them cats fall into the number eight position. So we're going to get this shit cracking. Um, and, and Charles, thank you for pulling up, bro. Uh, for learning, yeah. thank you for showing up. Um, you know, and Rail, we finna get this shit started, and we're going to plug some other shit after this shit over with. All right, let's get it. Uh, who you starting with today, Charles? Well, you know, let's just start at the top. Um, you know, we got Jabari Smith, um, who is starting to become the consensus number one player in the draft, if you ask me. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think that there's an opportunity really for him to slip. Um, I guess something funky could happen with Orlando maybe going Holmgren first. Mm-hmm. But it's starting to feel like people are coalescing around him as the number one prospect. Um in the draft. And when you look at him, it's easy to see why. I mean, he's a modern day NBA big, right? Power four, seven feet tall, probably the best shooter in the draft, mm-hmm. if you ask me. Um, and that's why the Pelicans naturally would have him number one on their board. Um, anytime you can mix talent with need, right, that that should skyrocket that person up your draft board. So if I'm the Pelicans, he's probably number one. Um, He's going to be the best shooter in the draft. He's going to add that to your team in terms of getting him, you know, um, Orlando is probably the perfect fit for him Mm -hmm. and they got the number one pick. Mm -hmm. So if you're the Pelicans, you'd have to kind of put a Godfather offer together and it just doesn't seem realistic. So he's number one on the board, Um, his size, his shooting, um, he's got a mid-range game. He's got a little bit of um, a little bit of dirk in him when it comes to operating in the mid post. I mean, he he's the number one prospect. I mean, whatever you want to say about him, uh, not sure he's on the level of like Zion or you know AD when they came out in terms mm-hmm. of you know being like a generational type player, mm-hmm. but yeah. certainly the number one player in the draft. So. Um, I think it's cut and dry, honestly, the more I look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, yeah, I mean, if the Pelicans were in the opportunity, you know, to get them, it, something weird would have to happen and they'd have <laughs> to come up off a lot of, they have to come up off a lot of assets to, to sure. even make that a possibility. So don't really see that, but definitely see him being the number one pick in this draft. So, you know, um, as you say that, I'm sitting back in, in, one of the first things I've seen when I I, I, I got into the spaces and met Rel, Rel a, a Dirk fan, so so you said Dirk, <laughs> Rel had a whole yeah. little smile come up on her face, you know. So Rel loved some Dirk, so 
When you when he said that, I thought to myself, I was like, I'm about to smile big as fuck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it came out. I'm going to just let you know. It came I out. to fight it back. It wasn't fighting it back at all. <laughs> you know? That's my guy, man. You know? Dirk, Dirk was my guy. And then, you know, that's the offensive side, right? So he's got he's got every shot. He can he, he can move around. And then defensively, you didn't really get to see the rim protection and the rebounding because he was playing next to Walker Kessler, mm-hmm. who's probably a late first round pick, mid to late first round pick himself. Um, so you got to see some of the defensive versatility kind of being out on the perimeter, um, but you really didn't get to see him rebound and defend and be someone that could, you know, kind of anchor a defense. He's not a traditional big in that sense, but defensively, like it, the, the the defensive chops are there. Um, yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, playing for, I love to look at prospects and who they play for because that gives you an idea. So if you played for Bruce Pearl or you play for um, Scott Drew at Baylor, um, Nate Oates, Alabama, um, Herb Jones, right? Mm-hmm. The type of coaching that they're going to get in terms, especially man to man, that bodes well for them. And I think one of the interviews I looked at with Jabari, he was with Mike Schmidt, the ESPN draft guy, who's now going to Portland, I believe, mm-hmm. to work in their front office. You know, he mentioned, you know, part of the reason I chose Auburn was defensively, I wanted to challenge myself and get better. So that's what you want to hear from your number one pick. Mm-hmm. Um so that's that's awesome. I think I think he's gonna quit himself very well. And I think going to Orlando is gonna be a it's gonna be a good fit for him. Wendell Carter at the five, you got Franz Wagner at the three, and then he slots right right there at the four. Mm-hmm. Orlando is gonna be um they're gonna have a nice core group of guys moving forward if they if they keep it simple and and, and do what's right in front of them. So yeah. shout out to the Magic fans out there. You got a good one coming. Yeah, well, shout out to them. Um, I hope the draft is nice for them. But beyond that, y'all know my message. (laughs) 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 I'm saying, you were saying they're going to have a good core moving forward, and I was about to say they couldn't go ahead and let them know. But I was like, you know what? Yeah, yeah, you know, and look, and, and, you know, we we get off track. I ain't going to lie, but we're going to get back. Look, the news <laughs> yesterday um, during the halftime, I think it was during the pregame or whatever with Woj, yeah. Um, you know, everybody want to talk about it. So we're going to spend a few seconds and talk about it. Mm-hmm. We told you, motherfuckers, me and Rel, ben. that Zion was going to be re-signing. Man said it at the... At the game. Um, Woj said it. At, at the game. He said it, told it to me personally. I mean, not that he <laughs> owe me nothing, but I'm standing there talking to him. And I said, hey, man, you going to resign? You coming back? And he said he wanted to be here. Mm-hmm. And so then he did his exit interview, said the same thing. Mm-hmm. We know it's politics in, in the contract, um, Charles. And, and I bring this up because you 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 phenomenal when it comes down to them contracts and, 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 you know, the languages that need to be in them, mm-hmm. you know, um, we need the media, people like Kendrick Perkins, to stop putting out this negative shit. Bro, I'm going to say this until I'm blue in the face. It's two different organizations. It's Saints. It's Pelicans. Mm-hmm. But it's one phenomenal-ass woman that owns both of them. Mm-hmm. Stop playing on that lady's name. She got more money. She can buy your house, your home, your cars, your whole family. <laughs> and then keep buying. She not broke. 
She's not operating on no bro scale. Mickey Loomis is over there cooking up the Saints because we're going to cook y'all ass across the league this year. And, and uh, Griff is over here cooking up the Pelicans because we're going to cook y'all ass this season. <laughs> <laughs> so... I need y'all media people to stop putting out these narratives that we share the same front office and we share the same this and we share the same. This is not the old Pelicans. This is not the old Pelicans. Give us our respect. We are trending in a direction that brings our teams separate, but formidable, profitable, and winners. So give us the credit that's due to us. Stop playing with us like that, man. And I want to put that out there, Charles, because I know I, 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 mean, I get sidetracked like, motherfucker, I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> so, but, but when the thoughts come to my head, I gotta put them out there. So let's get back to these uh, draft picks. But, you know, Kendrick Perkins, bro, go do some reading. Educate yourself, my brother, man. It, it takes five seconds to Google. Five. Yeah. yeah. I think what's frustrating is that even when Dell was here, Mickey Loomis said, my role with, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, so excuse me, mm-hmm. my role with the Pelicans is overstated. And mm-hmm. basically what he was saying is, guys, I'm a football GM. Like, what right. are you asking me these questions for? Um, yeah. And that was eight years ago. You know what I mean? Um, okay. And we're still, we're still having the same conversations. David Griffin is a championship winning executive. Like, mm-hmm. he's not answering to a football like come on like (laughs) use your brain right he wouldn't he's not taking his job if he has to go talk to a football gm about to get clearance on nothing Mm -hmm. like come on and and i want to say this because see i told y'all this david griffin is my boy stop playing on my man name man (laughs) stop playing on my man name man my man is is an executive (laughs) he running the team Give him his respect, man. Yeah. Kendrick Perkins want to be recognized as a guy who could potentially become a coach. <laughs> a coach. Hmm. I'm laughing because um I'm trying not to cough that shit out. That's a joke, but man. That's he want to be a coach. <laughs> so so if you was to make it to that level, or you're on a you matter of fact, you're an analyst right now. You want people to respect your opinion as an analyst. Mm-hmm. Well, respect David's position as the GM of the Pelicans. Don't do that. You don't got to do that on national TV. If you don't like us, bro, we already know. Pals 12 know, 13, yeah. 14, 15, and the rest of us know. <laughs> we don't need you to keep attacking our team. Like, bro, y'all want us I mean, to be but, us but, so bad. That's the problem. Rocky, Rocky, not not even that. I, I think it I think it also goes to the fact of like, okay, so you're you're in this one position now, but we learn, as you said, like he has a desire to be a coach. Well. When you coach and players, um, there's a certain trust and belief that they that they have to have in you. And you know what I mean? I, I can't really I'm, I'm lost and I can't fathom how not just Kendrick Perkins, but a lot of these guys, these media personalities and personnel can get on TV and, and not just say ridiculous shit, but what ain't true. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, and, mm-hmm. and and no, and none of their counterparts, so no, nobody, nobody addresses questions it or or corrects it to say, well, that yeah. ain't exactly true, but this is what it is, and I think that's another frustrating part to me. So it's just like again, how you expect people to take you seriously when you know what I mean, like you're misinformed about the situation, or you like purposely be ignorant with your information because you just wrong, and instead of you know. Educate yourself, research or, yeah. or something like yeah. that by educating yourself. Like you comfortable 
getting on TV and just mm-hmm. saying what right they damn mouth. Whatever. Regardless to whether it's right or wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, come on, man. All right, let me get yeah. this shit back on track. You know, I told y'all, you know, and, and for the people who are listening, man, they already know, man. If you if you into <laughs> this this episode by now with us, you know, we get off track like motherfucker. We and but we but we put the train right back on the track. So <laughs> we're talking about Jabari and, and his ability to become the number one draft pick. And like we said when we originally started this draft series, me and Rel, when we was talking about doing it, mm-hmm. we don't know who's gonna be one through ten. And if you're listening and you we said you was going to be 1 through 10, and you happen to be 11 through 50. Blame the motherfucking league. Don't come over here and ask us about we said nothing. Uh, but let's get back on this shit, man, Charles. So um, we was talking about Jabari and, and his fit in, in Orlando. Um, what, what's, what's next, bro? So what's next is uh, Chet Holmgren. Um, Chet and Jabari have been kind of going back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think... Like I said earlier, I think Jabari has kind of pulled ahead. I think part of that is Orlando is the number one pick. And I think once you get the draft order, it kind of sorts things out. Um, I like to put players in tiers, and I think a lot of teams do as well. So when you're looking at that top tier, um, Chet Holmgren is very clearly in that top tier with Jabari Smith. And he could easily be the number one pick. When you're looking at the tiers, you draft for need within the tiers, most likely. So Mm -hmm. if another team was number one, you could very easily be looking at Chet Holmgren as the number one overall pick. Um, So he's that talented and he's going to get a long look um, from Orlando as well. Um, You talk about unicorns. We've seen a lot of unicorns come through the league. He's another one. Mm -hmm. Um, You hear the you hear like Kristaps Porzingis thrown out there. I'm not a fan of the same race uh, comparisons, I think is lazy. Yeah. 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 Porzingis comes to mind, Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, he's so much more than that. Uh, I think defensively, I think he offers something that Kristaps hasn't offered in a while. A name that I've seen thrown out there defensively is Marcus Candy. Um, You know, throwback super okay exactly right um and he was a defensive player of the year in this league um high level college player took umass um with john calipari back in the 90s all the way to the mm-hmm. final four um really good um defensive player um had a lot of the same questions coming out of the league right you see these guys with these slender frames and you wonder what's going to happen when they get As to the league level Exactly. They said the same thing about Evan Mobley last year. Evan Mobley, and, Brandon and, Ingram had to deal look, with that too. And no lie, I didn't take my little chat shot. Um, you know, previously in the previous episode, look, I'm not, I'm not, I ain't eating my words. That boy skinny and need a meal, man. And, and hopefully, you know, whoever draft him, put him with somebody that's gonna, you know, uh, build his frame up to be. Because I, I, I'm not trying to take from his athleticism and his ability to play the game. He's proven that on the college level, and he's about to try to prove it on the NBA level. Yeah. But I just think when we're talking about the physicality of the sport now, he's going to need some, some, some weight on him. Because we, t- we talk about Jackson and Jackson being easily moved off of a mm-hmm. position. And yeah. Chet mm-hmm. looked like he's smaller and than Jackson. Jackson. Yeah, yeah. Jackson looks a lot more solid than Chet. Mm-hmm. So, so, so imagine Chet being out there and like we was talking about last time, big ass Zion coming down in the paint. 
you know, yeah. that's a big body coming at a little bitty frame. So you're going to okay. have to do, I mean, in my opinion, you know, and I'm not no dietitian and I'm not no, no NBA guru or work for no teams or whatever, but I just think that the guy is going to have to pick up some kind of weight, whether it be 20 to 30, 30 pounds of uh, muscle mass mm-hmm. to help him become more defensively sound in, in today's NBA with the, the, the caliber of players that's out there right now. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, a couple things though, with, with the, with the slender frame. So, so skinny people have been skinny usually their mm-hmm. whole life. Right. Yeah. So that was me up until used, COVID. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a lot of us lost that, that skinny card during the pandemic. I, I ain't gonna lie. Um, but they're used to people in their peer group trying to, you know, bully them. So mm-hmm. there's a, there's an awareness of that that I think in, there's going to be an adjustment moving to the NBA. I look at it as more, can you stand up to the grind of the 82 game season, right? Yeah. He's going right. to have to steal himself for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, you see guys who come into the league and they're told they're too small. AD went through it. Like I said, mm-hmm. BI went through it. When I was a kid, I remember um, Penny Hardaway, another guy that was slender. Ooh, he sure was. And, then you add mass and all of a sudden your game is a little different. I think you're kind of seeing that with, with AD right now. Mm-hmm. They told him for years, get bigger, get bigger, get bigger. Now just, just get stronger and, and get your body to a point where you can make it through the season. Mm-hmm. And, you know, naturally you occur strength and things of that nature, core strength and all that. Um, this dude can play. Um, yeah. He's, He's seven feet tall. He's got like a seven, seven wingspan. Mm. Um, That's nuts. You can't. That's exactly right. That's nuts. You, you can't go through height. You know what I mean? When like, when you're trying to shoot the basketball. So if he gets to the rim before you do. Right. You know, he can negate that, that power. Right. Um, And I think he's savvy enough to utilize his length and he's, he's smart enough. Um, to be able to impact the game from day one as a shot blocker, so, so rim Charles, protector. Is Yo. his wingspan um, um, similar to Shaq's? I, I would like have to look up Shaq's. Shaq's. I'm about yeah, to look I, it up. He, it, it might, he might be longer. He might be longer than Shaq. He might be longer. Um, <clears throat> you know, but but Charles, you said something, and um, you know, when I say this, I, I don't want people to think that I'm saying. He's going to be Rudy Gobert by any stretch of the imagination. But one thing that Rudy Gobert excels at and what makes him such a good defensive player um, is his shot, shot blocking ability. You know what I mean? His ability mm-hmm. to, to track the ball, but also the fact that like he's such a good rim protector that he mm-hmm. deters shots just from people nearly like wanting to get to the rim. Right. So yeah. you know what I mean. So when you can deter them from not even um, attacking your body, um, then 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 I guess like that helps in a major way um, defensively, and and that's why I think that again you talk about you know his size and how some of the most physical players, uh, you know, with with a certain level of physicality, you know what I mean, is going to be able to driving to his body, you know what I mean? The LeBrons, the Giannis, the mm-hmm. Zions, you know what I mean? Yeah. Guys that'll, that'll, that will put some of y'all favorite players on their ass just because okay. of how strong, how strong they are. Um, you know what I mean? I think that 
his range because of his wingspan is is going to be the the main thing that that defensively should be um you know his calling call because of the length yeah I think okay. um let me see I looked up Shaq's wingspan I'm getting conflicting reports because one of them says seven four and another one says seven seven so it's so we're gonna, go, we gonna go in between and go say seven four to seven seven <laughs> so which will put him pretty much within the same wingspan as Chet which is phenomenal the reason why I asked is because if if you know Shaq was a bigger body frame though and and, mm-hmm. and that's the truth. Um, but if that guy can get, you know, a little bit of, like I was saying, a little, little bit of muscle on him, you know, and have that type of body frame, mm-hmm. I'm not saying he could be a Shaq. I mean, you know, but he can be his own version of a Shaq. I mean, if, if, if he not so easily moved off of, of guys like, like Florence said, Bron, you know, um, Jokic, uh, Zion, because you, you're talking about body frames and, and, Shits. these guys are huge nowadays yeah you know, i watch michael jordan he look what 175 two 200 <laughs> these guys what 260 240 yeah, they, you yeah, know they, they big they, yeah. they weren't very they weren't very muscular you know back in the mm-hmm. day like they, mm-hmm. were, they were rather small and you know what i mean you have Embiid, who's a you know seven footer that's 260 Jokic, just seven footer that's that's around the same Zion, you know, they say he's six six, no telling how tall he really is. And yeah, you know, mm-hmm. 280, 270 in his own right. Giannis, I don't I don't even know, you know, he's the green freak shit. But I mean, like that that Giannis to me is like the most physical player in the league. Like there's LeBron, and LeBron still has it, but when you're talking about a guy pound for pound who like you don't want to try to stand in front of um in a straight line drive when he attacking there's Giannis and then I think respectfully there's Zion and mm-hmm. but you can't discount LeBron still being you know what mm-hmm. I mean being mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Up. And so it's just like you know but Charles that that begs the question for me so you know, presumably Orlando is going to go, you know, Jabari, because that's a team that, and, and I think I said it, uh, you know, last week that like, when you look at what Orlando's done, like they've been committed to, to lit, you know what I mean? A couple of years ago in back-to-back drafts, mm-hmm. they went, um, you know, Jonathan Isaac and Mo Bamba. Right. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. but both Chet and, and Jabari would check the box. Um, for them in, in this context and, and kind of in that regard. So again, presumably we can we can say, okay, well, um, that Jabari is going first and, and Chet might go second to to OKC. When you look at when you look at Chet, and I don't just mean um his role, but if you're OKC. Are you seeing him as a guy that's starting day one as a five? Or do you or would you put him next to a five and have him more as a as a stretch four or as a modern four? Um, so that's a great question. And it's a great segue 
we spent the first couple minutes of chat talking strictly about his his defense and what he could potentially do mm-hmm. when he gets into the league. Chet has been described as a seven foot small forward, right? Because offensively, right, we called him a unicorn. Mm-hmm. He can do things that seven footers shouldn't be able to do. He's not as fluid as Kevin Durant, but he's no Rudy Gobert on offense, right? right? He can put the ball, <laughs> you know, he can put the ball on the ground. Um, he can shoot the ball, right? Uh-huh. He's going to come in and he's going to challenge your best shooter. I'm looking at all the teams in the lottery. He's going to challenge your best shooter. Mm-hmm. He may be your best shooter when he walks into the, the building. And that's what's so weird about this draft. The best two shooters are two big men. Um, <laughs> it's just it's just where we are, you know, mm-hmm. in, in the modern in the modern NBA. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Florent, to your point, I think if OKC drafts him, they will draft him and put him at the five um, because they have shown a willingness to play a a longer game in terms of their team's development. Um, I think if a team like Orlando would would draft him, um, he would be playing, you know, the four um, and he would be much more of a supporting role player type, which he can absolutely do. Right. And then you would layer in the, 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 the defensive, um, the rim protection and making him the anchor of your, your defense, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, you would layer in making him a fulcrum of your offense. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas if he goes to Oklahoma City, he can go right in there with Josh Giddy, right there with SGA. And you can try to you can put your team together with an eye towards two or three years down the roll, road. And letting them operate in the roles that you think that they're going to be in once you're ready to compete. Um, so I think, you know, he's going to get thrown to the wolves, if you will. Oh, um, absolutely. Um, so and I think Oklahoma City. Yeah. I'm glad you bring up Oklahoma. So I was reading yesterday and somebody correct me if I'm wrong. Um, Shy is, <laughs> hey, some got to give. Some gotta yeah. I need some cooking this this year. Oh yeah. man, I want out. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm really I'm really thinking that you know they make some aggressive moves this offseason. I, I don't see it. What on picks? You don't you don't think so? I, I mean a, a couple of picks here or there. See, I I read that the same article that he's quote unquote getting a little impatient, but uh-huh. I wonder how much of that. It's him versus, you know, NBA executives in some circles. If if that's their, you know what I mean, their line of thinking or that's where they are. Um, but it, it's also a lot of people that are saying that that they want um, Wimbiana, uh, who is another one of those guys that's playing overseas. Um, I, I can't, I can't, I can't really say similar to Chet, but kind of all of the things that you like about Chet as a prospect or a lot of the things that people are going to like about Wimbenyana as, as a prospect. But maybe, maybe, just maybe, if if it goes where Jabari is taking first and OKC is right there to take Chet, maybe they may feel like they got their guy right and they won't be so um, you know, well, let's just hold off on competing one more year and actually try to do something because, again, this is a team 
when you look at their draft asset, assets, like this is a team that they don't have to suck. I, I can't say what, right. you know what I mean, what they mm-hmm. wins and losses record would be or mm-hmm. how good they'll be or what seed they'll be in the West. I can't say that. But this isn't a team that has to suck. You know what I mean? They have draft capital that, right. you know, any any mm-hmm. one of the young guys that, you know, that were out here that, you know, was drafted by a team and didn't have uh, a certain success immediately on um, OKC, if they wanted to, they could have went and got that guy, right? Like they could have went and got, you know, a Cam Reddish, you know what I mean? Who Atlanta, you know, just kind of was reluctant to play. And I guess he didn't get, um, you know, the, the opportunity that he wanted, but very much so the upside is, is still there. You know what I mean? Being mm-hmm. this, um, you know, scoring defensive minded wing, they, they could have been a team that, you know, if they wanted to, and, and certainly like the guy like Marvin Bagley, who for a while just throughout the season prior to, you know, him eventually being traded to Detroit was just sitting in Sacramento and, you know, many other guys that I can name, like they have the draft assets, you know what I mean, to not be bad. And, and a lot of times, you know, the, the, the discrepancy is or will be that they're going to look at their roster and see that the team is young and feel like, well, you know, why use draft assets to make any moves, um, you know, to compete when this team is so young and, and they really not, not going anywhere. But uh-huh. I don't think you're ever too young to, to compete, you know what I mean, and, and put your team in a position to compete and, and try to win games. And you know what I mean? I don't think nobody predicted, you know, as good as Memphis was, Last year, I don't think nobody predicted them winning 50 plus games and ending up being the second overall seed. You know what I mean? So I don't mm-hmm. think you're ever too young to, you know what I mean, to target a guy that you really like. Certainly one if he fits the timeline of the other guy or guys, you know what I mean, that you've identified as as like your core and putting that guy with them and saying like, you know, this is our core. This is what we have to build off. And you know what I mean? And what that does is those guys lose together, but they, they learn to win together as well. Mm. Right. right. Okay. So, you know, um, always interesting dynamics to look at all the aspects of, of you know, um, shit is, 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 is prospects, is picks, it's moving players time, you know, it's that time of the season. So, you know, as we get closer to the real off season, true off season, where everybody start getting ready to make these, uh, these moves, you know, um, interesting to, to, to have dialogue on who we think is, you know, going to be the most aggressive team. Um, you know, a lot of people wanted us to be the most aggressive team last season, yeah. you know, and make uh, a lot of moves and, and, uh, no shot at Griff. Um, you know, he made the moves that he could, and then he made the moves that he, he should. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, now, so we, we, we've discussed uh, Jabari and Chet. Who else you got, Charles? Hello, so, Banchero. Was it, was it Banchero or was it, was it Shaden Sharp? I thought it was Shaden. 
It, it would tell it. Well, I, 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 well, I, 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 both. I can, we can talk about them both, but yeah, uh, I, I prefer I, to talk I, about Shaden. You know why? Yeah, me I too. heard, I heard he was in the city and yep. shout out to him. He, he's supposed Didn't to be doing a, a, a workout today in the city. So shout out to him. Hoping you fall to number eight. No disrespect. You know, I know everybody want to go to high. <laughs> you know, look, eight is beautiful, brother. City is beautiful. The food is beautiful. <laughs> Just I'm not going to say nothing. No. I'm going to stop right there. The field is beautiful, <laughs> but keep your plates at your house if you come out here. That's all I'm going to say. So, Shaden Sharp has become my favorite prospect, not necessarily for the Pelicans, but just to talk about because mm-hmm. of his unique, unique route. Um, so, we talk about tiers, right? Um, in my opinion, the top tier is, uh, you know, Smith, Holmgren, and, and Boncaro. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be your your top tier. And that next tier, in my opinion, is some combination of Jaden Ivey, uh, Keegan Murray, Shaden Sharp. And not for me personally, but just what I'm seeing, Dyson Daniels seems to be straddling that that line between that second tier and that third tier. Mm-hmm. But what's and what's exciting for me as a Pelicans fan is. I believe that there's a world where one of those guys in that second tier, I don't see us getting anybody in that top tier, but there's a world where the Pelicans could have a potential opportunity to, to draft a Keegan Murray, to draft a Jaden Ivy or to draft a, you know, a Shaden Sharp or Dyson Daniels. Um, Because when you look at the draft board and you look at the teams that are one through six, you can see areas where, there's not clear fits, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I believe it starts at Sacramento for me. Absolutely. Um, they have a decision to make um, between the guys in that second tier, Keegan Murray, Jaden Ivey, um, Shane Sharp. And they may not, they may wash their hands of that scenario. Um, I believe Detroit also has a decision they have to make mm-hmm. at five and Indiana has a decision they have to make at, at six. Mm-hmm. So if you're the Pelicans, you really want to hone in on that second group, because when you look at their assets, when you look at you're sitting there at eight, if a team like Houston or, or Sacramento or Indiana is like we could get the same caliber player at eight that we can get at four or five mm-hmm. um, or six. Now, now you have the beginnings of a, of a, of a, of a a potential deal that isn't far-fetched. Right. Um, And I believe that Shaden is going to be right in the mix when it comes to, man, I don't know enough about this kid or he's doesn't want to, you know, maybe he doesn't want to work out for us, or maybe I have questions about what -hmm. happened at Kentucky. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so for those who are unaware he he graduates early, reclassifies um, to this graduating or this class, um, enrolls in the spring um, at Kentucky. Um, and then there's kind of a will he or won't he in terms of is he going to play? Mm-hmm. Uh, Kentucky's under the impression that he is. And then it comes out that he's not. And then he ends up just practicing with the team. The team flames out in the NCAA tournament. and there's talk that he may come back and then he ends up declaring for the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you looked at some of the other Pell's uh, uh, pods um, and, and media, there's been talk about, would you want someone like that 
who's kind of been in and out. You don't necessarily know what he's thinking. Um, do you want someone like that in your organization, in your program? Mm. And I'm here to tell you, if he gets drafted by the Pelicans, it's because when they sat him down and they asked him questions, they were mm-hmm. confident in the answers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There, there's nothing else to read into at that point. You know, if he doesn't so, get drafted. So Charles, yeah. Not to cut you off, but um, so you, you said something that was interesting to me. Uh, you said, you know, the guys between five and, and seven have a huge th- decision to make. They got to pick a player. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, so say a team like, and I, I don't know who that fifth team was. Uh, was that Houston? Detroit is five. Detroit, Detroit okay, is Detroit. five. Mm-hmm. So let's say one of them decide, let, let me move back. You think the Pelicans should advance forward? If you're the Pelicans, you need to consider it. Um, because you are picking in the eighth spot. You are close enough to the top where you need to figure out, can I go get a guy that can help my program? Because theoretically you shouldn't be back in this position for quite some time. Mm-hmm. So if you, if you can get a game changing talent for your program, not saying that those guys in that tier are necessarily generational, mm-hmm. but they have the talent to fill in spots. I look at Jay Ivey, I look at Shaden Sharp, I look at Keegan Murray, they can come in right now and they can help solidify what you've built. Mm-hmm. And they are the type of talent that you're not going to be drafting um, year in and year out if you get to where you want to go with the team that you have. Yeah. So, so this is an players. opportunity. Well, good role players, but just high-end talent. Like mm-hmm. if, if things go well, we're drafted in the 20s for the rest of the decade, right? <laughs> so okay. This is this is your opportunity right now to get a guy who could be a part of that. Mm-hmm. And you went out and you traded Anthony Davis. You traded Drew Holiday, in my opinion, because eventually you wanted to go out and get a guy who could replace them down the road. Mm-hmm. Um, you got Brandon Ingram. You helped him get to a, a certain point in his career. You drafted Zion Williamson, number one. And if everything works out, he's going to reach heights that we can't even fathom. Mm-hmm. So now you're sitting here with an opportunity and you're just close enough to the top of the draft where you can go out and get another guy who can be a part of that. Mm-hmm. So I think that trading up needs to be something that you are considering heavily yeah. with those assets. Cool. So so the reason why I want to talk about Shaden Sharp um, so much was... I watched some 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 uh some of the previous years film because I, I believe he did sit out that that last year right um mm-hmm. with with Kentucky and um he's a, a hell of a player um you know and all we need in my opinion is one maybe two good little moves during this off season where we get some athleticism and some shooting. Mm-hmm. And, and I think mm-hmm. he, he checks the box in those categories for me. Um, but, you know, um, time will tell, you know. Yeah. Um, we, we're, we heard he turned down a couple of uh, executives who got a little upset and wanted to try to, you know, bash that man name, uh, <laughs> nameless executives, because it's always sources said. Yeah, sources said. I think if you say it, you should say it with your chest, but that's just me. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, um, he turned down some places because he didn't want to work out over there. And in this league, you know, um, we talked about it with uh 
David Wesley, uh, the first episode, it can get political, mm. you know, and then you get somebody on the phone or pretty much putting out on Twitter that, you know, complicated, um, he doesn't want to come and work out over here for us or whatever, you know, he skipped his year, he ain't no top, well, I, I think that same executive said he skipped a year of school and he uh, uh, shouldn't be worthy of a, a, a lottery um, pick, you know, his shot's going to be taken at him. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the thing is, will those shots be so impactful that they drop his draft, uh, you know, uh, it's not- there you go. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, dra- drop his draft stop, you know, um, I mean, cause you know, I mean, we've all been on a job, you know what I'm saying? And um, somebody say something and then you go in and you try to get that promotion and they got this stigma around you. Like, Oh no, we can't do, you know, we're not going to be able to give you that position because we heard such and such, mm-hmm. you know? So the, the question that I have is when a, when a draft a prospect, future prospect is sitting in this limbo that we in right now waiting to be drafted. Is it beneficial to turn down these uh, workouts? I'll, so, I'll, go ahead, Phil. That's fine. I'll, I'll start yeah. with, I'll start with no, because this, this is a guy that was ranked the number one prospect coming out of coming out of high school. Um, and, and, and maybe because of the, the way the, the situation happened with him not playing at the collegiate level is, is why he's, you know, more five and six than, than he is, um, you know, maybe even two or three at this point. But that's like for a guy that didn't play a second, like I say, at the collegiate level, Still being drafted fourth, fifth, or sixth is damn good, right? Because mm-hmm. what you showed previously, last when you played, which was what high school, right? Or or if he played in AAU, I'm I'm not sure off the top of my head. Like that means like you clearly showed enough. You know what I mean? The last time you played in, listen, all all all, all it comes down to is. You know, you could say polarizing. You could say the dude uh, is polarizing, but not in a bad way, in, in a good way, just in that it's a certain mystery around him. You know what I mean? You you, mm-hmm. you know that the fume tells you that that the talent is that they say, you know, he, like a lot of these guys, people so often say that this guy has these physical tools to, to be that, and he has the physical tools to be this. Well, more of the same with 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 shade and sharp you know what i mean a guy that has what appears like incredible touch can be a really solid at the very least you know league average shooter um athleticism and, and I'll, I'll even go as far as to say his athleticism to me isn't on the, the level of of ivy who is probably the most elite, like has the most elite mm-hmm. athleticism for a guard um, in, in his mm-hmm. class, but he still has a certain bounce. He still has a certain um, burst to his game, but 
everything that's going on and, you know, not showing uh, for the combine and participating and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, not doing some workouts and all those things like that does have questions, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and you know, you referencing the article where uh, this anonymous GM, you know, say what they say. I personally think that it was, I don't, I don't think it was an attempt to, you know, like drop his stock, if, if, if you will, or, you know, have other teams kind of look the way and, and, and look the other way, I mean, um, mm -hmm. and not mm -hmm. want to draft him. I just think it was a really lousy and unnecessary way for them to just say that I would have liked to see that guy play more. Because when I read that, that's what it says to me. It just says to me that somebody, and a lot of people, frankly, just wanted to see him play, um, you know, some type of competitive five-on-five, five, just anything. You know yeah. what I mean? Right. hasn't played in a year and a half. And instead of just saying that, like, they said some extra shit. That was unnecessary. That made it, it seem like they were hating or, or you know, whatever. It, it, it sounded like a guy that wanted it, that wanted a workout that maybe, maybe they said thanks, but no thanks. Right. Mm -hmm. that, that didn't get one. But, teams, but again, like teams are, it, it, it like, like, for example, Charles, if we were like, if you were, if you were the next GM and here I am, I'm, I'm Troy Weaver, who's the GM of Detroit, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're the GM, you, you know, Leanne Rose, all y'all guys, you know, in New York, you know, you're, you're the, 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 the buffer that, that, that's saying these things and kind of throwing a rock and hiding your hands because <laughs> you're hoping that you can, you can ultimately say it enough, right? That where everybody again, fall like off. Said, what, what, like, you know, teams to look the, the other way and be like, yeah, mm -hmm. we don't want this guy. In reality, if I'm Detroit and I'm sitting at five, there's nothing, you know, Leanne Rose or, or whomever, like there's nothing Washington GM or anybody coming behind me that can say about a guy that I already feel comfortable taking because I'm mm -hmm. at a place with my organization where much to your point, like you said, you know, you, like you said, Charles, you have that one or two guys that, you know, it's part of your core uh -huh. and mm -hmm. you feel like he can ultimately be, you know what I mean? That next piece. So, right. I, I, you know what I mean? It's, I, I, I just think it's, it's pointless when we, you know, talking about, you know, that's just they attempt to, you know, to, to, to drop this guy's stock or, 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 or shame yeah. him or whatever, because teams have already, you know, somewhat made up their mind. And at this point, when you talk about them, you know, still doing workouts this late and all that, like them, that's, that's, that's them obviously doing their due diligence, but uh -huh. oftentimes like there's a board, right? Like you said, Charles, there's a board, there's tears and, you know, that first guy is off that board, that, that second or third guy is still there. You know what I mean? Um, you know, nice about honing in and looking at your situation and saying, you know, who we think is best of these two guys or these three guys that can come in and not only take us to the next level, but can really 
maximize and be maximized next to who and what we already have ultimately. Mm -hmm. So BPA. Yeah, and like Charles said, he mentioned it earlier, sometimes, sometimes there's a situation where it well, where I guess fit and need, as I said last time, runs parallel with best play available. You know what I mean? When you draft in top 10 or even much so in the lottery, you definitely want to go best player available. Like there's no question about that. Like you want to take the guy that has real star potential. Uh-huh. At the end of the day, yeah, in reality, we can all say that it's a crapshoot, right? Because we don't know. But right. you, 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 you ultimately looking in, into the future and you looking at what that guy has done and what he has on tape and you saying, yeah, that's a star. That's a that's a five time all star. That's a guy that can come in and take my program. You know what I mean to the next yeah. to, to the, the next, next level. level. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but but even then, it's 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 like it's it's pretty cut and dry to me. You know what I mean on on some of these guys, and I think. Um, you know, where they going to go in. It's just, you know, it's funny situations surrounding Schultz. But um, I like him. I, I I can't lie and say that he's um up there for me and, and it'll take a, a long, you know, extensive decision on not so much if I draft him if he fell to eight mm. because I can't say that it's a no-brainer, but I definitely will consider it. But it will be more consideration moving up for him versus moving up for Ivy, who I think I would clearly move up for, but with Sharp, it's like I would prefer it to be more so he just so happened to fall for me instead of moving up for him. Okay. I mean, and that makes a, that makes a ton of sense um, because you just don't have the, the, the game film. Um, when you get him in a workout, it's good because you get to determine how he responds to your coaching. Yep. You know, and you can you can coach him in that moment as if he's on your team right. and see how he responds. Um, I think you go get him at, if you know. I think, and and let me be clear here. Starting at four, you you start you start having the conversations. Now, maybe during the workouts, you 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 zero in on a guy. But if you're the Pelicans, starting at four, four, five, and six, you need to have open conversation because somebody that you like is probably going to be available. Um, and I think Sharp is one of those guys. Um, I think physically what he does um, is he gives you – what I don't want is another smaller guard next to CJ. And, and here's the thing. CJ played with Dame Lillard, and I don't think there's a better small guard you can put next to him. Mm-hmm. right Absolutely. you aren't going to do better than what he's already had I don't care if you have Ingram or Zion whoever else CJ needs to be the lead guard and you need to go with a dynamic athlete next to him yeah. that size. is going to with size. It, with size right so for me I think Jaden Ivey while he's a great you know he's a great athlete I don't necessarily think that that combo has a chance to be greater than what CJ has already had. Um, I think you draft Ivy with the idea that the baton is handed to him, right? 
in a couple years once CJ moves into another stage of his career, right? Mm-hmm. So when I look at a guy that could come in, even as a youngster, and give us something off the bench next to CJ, mm-hmm. that's so much different, my eyes immediately go to Shaden Sharp. And I think about how teams guard Zion. I think about how teams guard Brandon Ingram mm-hmm. with these weird boxes mm-hmm. and elbows. Yeah. Doubles. Yeah, right. You know, boxing ones. And you get a guy that's dynamic, right? And he's not super dynamic athletically, but, you know, in a straight line, he's mm-hmm. got a 48-inch vert. Ooh. You give that guy space, right? And yeah. he's going to embarrass you, you know? Um, so I look at it and I go, okay, cool. Pelicans get him in for a workout. They coach him up. He responds. They ask questions about what happened at Kentucky. It either it is going to make sense or it's not going to make sense. If it doesn't make sense, you let that cup pass for you, right? You, you don't even worry about right. it. But if it makes sense, now you have a now you have a decision to make. And I think you should feel comfortable if you're a Pelicans fan and Shaden Sharp's name is called by the Pelicans. You should feel very comfortable mm-hmm. given this team's track record with people, right? Yeah. You know, Griff says. I want the right people here. You should feel very comfortable that they've asked questions about camps and entourages and mm-hmm. handlers and, and all that stuff. So if he becomes a Pelican, don't worry about it. If he doesn't, then go ahead and speculate, oh, well, why did the Pelicans pass on him? This, that, and the other. Um, he, he, he's that good. And one thing I'll say about Shaden Sharp, too, is he has a benefit that other guys don't have, Right. There's tape on Jaden Ivey. If you like him and you've seen what you've seen, mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter if, you know, he only wanted to do a workout one-on-one or whatever. He didn't go to the combine. If you like him and the interview like goes him. okay, you like him, you're going to draft yeah. him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jaden Sharp is a little bit different because there isn't that film against college competition. Mm-hmm. So you might be more inclined to lean into certain things. So he can use that to his advantage I won't say to manipulate because there's too many loaded connotations, but it's, it is a job interview. You can apply right. to these, you can apply to these positions and not apply to that one. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so he has the ability to influence kind of what teams are considering him because there's a little bit of uncertainty. And if the team doesn't get certain information, they're more likely to say, you know what, we're just going to make another decision. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. He's not under contract. He is interviewing to be somebody's employee. Uh-huh. Exactly. He's not Ben Simmons. He's not James Harden. He doesn't <laughs> owe any team in the lottery anything. Yeah. Right. Right. He's acknowledging that if he doesn't do certain things with certain teams, that limits his prospects. But if he feels comfortable with the other prospects that are available, I see nothing wrong with, you know, influencing it, that. It's it's almost like. Um... On the football uh, side, uh, remember when, um, uh, golly, man, I can't think of dude's name. Quarterback for uh, the Giants. Eli Manning. Right. Remember when the dad was like, nah, we ain't going, we, 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 we good over there. If you do <laughs> us, we ain't coming. We just let you know. So it's almost yeah. like, you know, a, a candy uh, 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 similar Larity in that you know when you limit yourself you're pretty much saying i'd rather play for them than play for you mm-hmm. exactly the you one know. big thing i want to point out though because i had this conversation with some fans on twitter eli manning's dad archie i believe came out and said hey yeah. 
San Diego. Don't do if it. If you draft him, don't do it. <laughs> to my, don't do it. To, to my knowledge, right? You know, I haven't heard anybody say that. You know, yeah. I see I see the things that happen all the time. Guys decide to go to the pro combine or they don't. Mm-hmm. They decide to measure or they don't. They decide don't. to do play or don't t- testing or they don't. Right. They decide to accept your invitation for a workout or they don't. Like mm-hmm. I have not heard anybody say Shaden Sharp will not go to Detroit or he will not go to Houston. Mm-hmm. But it's almost um, like Charles, it's, it's almost similar to saying, I mean, you know, pretty much if I don't want to come over there and work out for you, yeah, I'm letting you know. I mean, we ain't got them kind of vibes. It's like it's like dating a chick. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you, you give her your number, she don't call you. She ain't want to be bothered. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, so you know, to me, it's just like you know, I don't think you know whoever this exec is, and they know who they are because they reached out and wanted to get him in, and he said, "Now nah, I'm good." Then that's just mean like he don't want no relationship with y'all. Like, yeah. it, it just just move on about your business. If he open for business elsewhere. It's that same similarity as Archie Manning saying, don't waste your time picking us because we ain't showing up. <laughs> so, you know, and, and, and I say that because people listen. I mean, you know, they 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 they, they watching and, and and you know, um and, and maybe that GM might listen, may hear, might, you know, word of mouth passes. I mean, look, players are fits but they're also like a relationship, man. And I keep mm-hmm. trying to tell this to people. When you get a player, it's you're making them fit into a, 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 your, your dynamics of your team. But the relationship between the player, the front office, and the other players, continuity, you know, uh, being able to build on, you know, those, those type of relationships that you get from practicing mm-hmm. and training together, mm-hmm. it has to be there. That cohesiveness has to be there because if not, you just got a guy out there, Eric Gordon in us, you know, yep. here because I got to be here. Yeah. But, you know, when, when my first opportunity come to leave, I'm AD in y'all ass. You know? <laughs> so, um, and Rocky, you, know, you made a good point about relationships because these, these players are human, right? And mm-hmm. everybody kind of runs in obviously the same circles. I've worked with this agent in the past, uh-huh. right? And I think as fans, we have to be comfortable that sometimes the narratives that are out there, first off, the narratives aren't always true, right? Exactly. They, they, could, be, they could be creations. They could be somebody that has a bone to pick. Somebody doesn't have enough information. Mm-hmm. But David Griffin is a guy that's been in the league a long time. He's, mm-hmm. he's, he, he has connections. He knows people. You know, they've worked together in the past. Mm-hmm. And as the, as the narrative around the Pelicans change, and teams start identifying New Orleans as a place where their guy can be successful, right? Right. You look at you look at undrafted free agents, right? Najee, Jose. New Orleans will gain a reputation as a team. Hey, if you go there on a two way, and you do what they ask you to do, mm-hmm. they're going to give you an opportunity, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So you'll have guys at the end of the second round, and their agents like, don't worry if you don't get drafted. In fact, you don't want to get drafted because there's a couple teams that I want you to have an opportunity with, mm-hmm. right? So and look, when you it's start- crazy when you say that yeah. because remember when we was interviewing David Rell mm-hmm. and remember he said all you need is an opportunity somewhere. That's it. Yeah. Remember, yeah. you know, yeah. sometimes it's not going to be 
where you think it may be. Like when everybody was talking about Trey and, you know, this quote division between him and the coaching staff, which we, we, we don't know nothing about that shit. We ain't heard nothing about no shit. All we know is that man was doing the best he can in the time frame that he was playing and was willing to do whatever it takes to get on the court. Mm-hmm. That's what we're sticking with it because we love us some trait. But when you was hearing all of this, you're hearing hearsay. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and, and hearsay, I, I tell this to, to, to people a lot, having a minor in law, that shit ain't admissible in court. So, so <laughs> You know, it don't work. It, 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 it don't work. So we, you know, we don't want to hear hearsay. I mean, you know, you you you're you're literally taking people's words and twisting them to to mean what you want them to mean. Yeah, it's yeah. that um, illusion of selling somebody a, a a a set of pots. You know, the knives that they you know they put on the commercial and they tell you, man, this cuts. You know, you chop chop chop, and, and then you get mm-hmm. that shit and. You struggling like a motherfucker just to cut a goddamn orange open, you know, with with <laughs> with, with a two hundred dollar exactly. set of knives, yeah. you know. So so, as fans, we have to to allow the the team, the people who who've been doing this for years, to make those assessments. Let them mm-hmm. you know step back and not just listen to these narratives because these narratives. I mean, I, I said this in the beginning of the season in this group that I'm in. People are gonna spend the narrative to to formulate the agenda that they want to get out in the in the media, and 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 oftentimes it's not a legit story; it's clickbait, you know. And and in a world this modern day age where you have um, likes, viewers, subscribers, mm-hmm. social media, if I can say something inflammatory as a motherfucker, and get. 2,000 people to click on my page and then hit follow because, you know, I said something inflammatory. I'm drawing myself as a media personality uh, viewership. Yeah. It's not necessary that what I'm saying is is true. I mean, I, I could be spitting out some shit or sources say it, you know. Yeah, um, that, I think they that. have what? Uh, butt crack? I think it's called <laughs> or something ball, like that. Um, ball ball sack. Ball sack. Well, they got ball butt sack. crack. They got butt crack and they got ball sack. Yeah, they have. Yeah, they got two of them. Yeah. And and they'll constantly oh, put something one. out and they'll say, yeah. and shout out to them. Um, they'll say some shit like such and such say per sources. Yeah. And and the shit trends and it tweets out and, and, and people it. are sharing it and sharing it and liking it and sharing it. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, it's 26,000 people that share something that ain't even true. But and then you get the, the thing that bothers me the most it, as a fan of the sport mm-hmm. of basketball is when you get a lazy ass uh, announcer who goes and repeats something from ball sack. Right. You know, dude, you've been in the game of Stephen A. Smith or 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 a Kirk, Kendrick Perkins. You know, you repeating something from Balsack, Balsack. Mm-hmm. The the damn name alone should tell you it ain't real. Yeah, Who it's all name? it's it's all clickbait for real. I was just talking to uh, Josh about this uh, BA boy <laughs> last night on Twitter, and like <laughs> he took a screenshot and he said, "I had to go look this tweet up while we were talking about this." He said, uh, "Spaces ain't always good." And the title said, Iverson is overrated slash Kobe is a ball hog. And I said, bruh, it's literally like 
the host who was hosting that specific one, like he just wants people to come in there and listen to him get his takes off. Like that's it. And like he'll let you come in there and speak and whatever have you, but like he just, I don't know, he just loves to hold spaces and have clickbait and want people to just come and talk on his little stuff. And and that's that's people don't it's care how factual whatever they're talking about is. They're and and, and that's the thing that when that when people talk about Draymond's uh podcast, you know, when they talk about Draymond's podcast. You know, and, and they say he podcasted and, and shout out to him podcasting. He's going to continue to podcast whether people don't like it or not. Like <laughs> you're going to get this content. But, That's what he said. Right. You're going to get right. this content <laughs> and you're going to watch and you're going to watch. And the truth is, people are watching. Yeah, and the, the thing is, you know, and I love, you know, CJ McCollum and them guys going on, on, on TV shows now and giving the actual viewpoint of active players. And yeah. the reason being is because you can really dispel a lot of the false information that's being disseminated through media nowadays mm-hmm. in sports because yeah. a lot is said that ain't said, you know, but it's hearsay because somebody said somebody said. And it really doesn't benefit the game of basketball because, like, oh, was I don't want to be in New Orleans? You know, his family don't want to be there. That's what was said. And then you get Zion, get out. And, and I'm using Zion because, you know, he's out playing. I don't want to talk about nobody else's fucking team. Yeah. Since we don't have no, <laughs> nobody else on our team with all of this heavy press where, you know, the truth is they want him somewhere else. Mm-hmm. You know, you getting clickbait. That's what I call it. Good old-fashioned clickbait. You, you, you throw out. Well, Zion said he's not going to sign a non-guaranteed contract. Nobody never even said they was offering a non-guaranteed contract. But you know what? (laughs) You'll get fans of the team Uh who will run with that. And next thing you know, it's six, seven hundred people that like like something Mm -hmm. that's false. So so, I'll I'll raise you one, Rocky. Uh It, 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 It just all goes back to how um you know some something about the way of the world something about us mm-hmm. and when I say us I mean just as a whole society like like negativity has a way of of drawing attention and and just being like just something that people love to immerse themselves in more than a positive so that that alone is why that in two different news cycles the conversation surrounding Zion, since we on Zion, for example, could be that, you know, he doesn't want to be in New Orleans. Um, you know, he isn't going to sign the max contract or, you know, talking about his option to just, uh, you know, sign a qualifying offer because he doesn't want to be here just mm-hmm. that much. And, and, and that news and that will get recycled over, over and over mm-hmm. and over mm-hmm. and shared and liked and mm-hmm. retweeted and quote tweeted and everybody talking about it. But when the when when on the flip side, you know, if and when the news come out that he does sign it, it's not gonna be shared and liked and talked no. about and quote tweeted no. and tweeted you know what, as much as the negative. And that and that goes back to and I just seen something recently and it reminded me um 
of, of this very thing. So I don't know if y'all saw just this random picture, um, you know, that's been around for, for several years now, but it's, it's a man and like three of his children seemingly riding on a bus or subway reading books, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, 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 hold on, Flaren. I'm sorry. I don't mean to cut you off. Uh, Char- Charles said you got a uh, role. Um, so so um, we're gonna we're gonna revisit what you're talking about, uh, Flaren. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna let Charles uh, go ahead on and, and close out what he got to say, so he can go ahead on and get back to what he got to do. And, we, and, mm-hmm. and Charles, well, man, we appreciate you for showing up, man, and, and sharing that knowledge with us, man. Um, we're gonna be back on this shit next Saturday to discuss some more of this because we still got what. Two, two for you and, and, and two for Falaren to, to, to yeah. give us. Three, so yeah. um, we got one more before and, the draft. Yeah, one more for, before the draft. But uh, uh, we appreciate you for being here, man, and sharing that. Uh, me and, and Rail like to give these little takes when, when we talking about what we learned from y'all. Um, so we talked about Jabari Smith, right? Shade and Sharp. And Chet Holgram, right? And Chet Holgram, yeah. And so, no lie, I know the realism in the first two is just not going to happen. We are not yeah. selling a house. We, we're not doing no Dell Dimps over here. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't to try think to so. get one person no, because we not. already have that one person coming off the bench. In Zion. So, um, my hot take on the guys that you shared with us uh, is I hope Shade and Sharp is selling the team a fantasy dream right now that he can really provide on the court for us. Because mm-hmm. if that guy falls to number eight, I'll take him. Yeah. Then that's I where I'm at. That. Now, how you feeling about that, Rel? Um, I just, I feel like it doesn't matter to me either way what we end up picking. I have full, uh, you know, trust and confidence in, in the guys that are at the table making that decision and having those conversations amongst each other. Like, you know, do we want this guy? Do we want that guy? I don't want this guy. Mm-hmm. Well, I want this guy. You know, whatever, <laughs> however the conversation goes, I have complete trust in them and, and, you know, they'll figure it out. And like Charles was saying, like, you know, Griff said he wants to, he wants to have good people here. He wants to have the right people here. So I think they make mm-hmm. the, the right decision with that. But, um, but yeah, we'll go ahead and let Charles get out of here. I got to get out of here as well. So, We'll wrap this up and we'll be back next week with one more right before the draft. And then we'll be back the week after that to recap what happened in the draft. But uh, and, and and I want to tell this to, to y'all, y'all watching and y'all listening. And I told y'all what the contest was. If you don't drop your player and you coming to me talking about, I had thought and I had said, I'm telling you right now, I'm looking nah. at these comments and I'm jotting down who said what. The, the contest is real simple. The number eight pick. It's like the lottery. Pick your player who you think the team is going to pick and put it under the comments of the post on Twitter, not on YouTube, because I can't track the time on YouTube and the time on Twitter that somebody may say the same thing as you. So put your shit under the Twitter and let us know who you think. Uh, The prize is uh, Brandon Ingram's signed photograph, autograph from from Brandon Ingram. Um, Now, look. Don't be coming at me talking about, I had said, I'm telling you this right now. <laughs> look, 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 look. Call me, Y'all, call me Thomas. Leave Rocky alone. I'm about to be like Chris Rocker. Leave Rocky alone. We got to look, get out look. of here. <laughs> look, 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 Rel. I'm about to be like Thomas in the Bible. Y'all, I got to see it. If I don't see it, 
I don't want you coming <laughs> on my face. I'm like, what are you about to say? I don't no, 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 look. Thomas. You, because look, yeah, I don't I want you it. saying to me, I had said, or I had told you in the nah. group, or I had, if it ain't on there, I ain't see it. So yeah. I'm just like, I'm, I'm putting That's that disclaimer it. out right now because I don't want nobody there. thinking I'm sending out 30 Brandon Ingram autographs. <laughs> just one. All right. Appreciate y'all. Uh, Spending a little bit of time with us this morning. Appreciate everybody for tuning in, and we'll see y'all next week. And as usual, go Pels. Go Pels. Go Pels.